This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of Wolves Fancast. We were with you last night for the aches and pains of the Bournemouth draw, and now we're with you again for more cathartic release. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Rich Hobbs here. I'm joined with Gully, Jaffo and Tom. How are you all feeling tonight, gents? Rollercoaster, isn't it? Rollercoaster today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a bit more exciting than what we usually have which is absolutely jack shit usually so beats that is it because shouldn't Bruno have had all of his transfers through the door pre-season day one <laughs> wasn't yeah. that a plan really it's, never it's never happens it? we've, never we've happens. been we've been sucked into this whole transfer deadline day um drama almost isn't haven't we you know where hmm. There's all sorts of shit going on. You just want to go, be able to go to the party. You want an invite to the party, don't you? So we can say we made a transfer on deadline day. Um, but I've, I, you know, I found really funny is a lot of uh, probably Sky Sports journalists in general as well. You see him on Twitter talking a lot about this team is looking to do business. This team, uh, there's really vague tweets. Um, I, basically, I say, love a vague transfer tweet. <laughs> Like trying to keep everybody interested until the last minute of deadline day for no good reason, really. We could all probably do with an extra half hour's kip. Um, well, probably an hour, really, for me. I, would, I don't mind getting into bed at 10 if uh, if I can help it. But we've got to, we've just got to stick it out, haven't we? That's just that's the way it has to be. I mean, you know who I feel sorry for today is Craig Dawson because he has been up and down the M40 today. He's been coming to Wolves. He's not been coming to Wolves. And, but the status quo hasn't changed. You know, what I mean, he's still a West Ham player, and it's it's just like yeah, you know, sometimes it's just fueling it sometimes. But unlike previous seasons when we've done this, it has kind of felt like you say things are happening, whether it's positive or negative, in going out, going stuff's been happening today, and you know, not just that we've signed someone who's going to be playing for Grasshopper Zurich next week as well. So, um. We'll do the ones which have actually happened and then we'll talk about ones which potentially might still happen with, you know, an hour and a half still to still to go. Um, first one, but I think it's a big one to um, to pull up and it's a one that surprised me most today. And Danny P's knocked it up in the comments is what's our reaction to a shock departure of Flavio from a Wolves esports team? Has Jeff got a go? <laughs> <laughs> You just knew that the esports team had to steal the headlines eventually, didn't you? Uh, we know where our priorities lie. Uh, for the brass ball, I know, I know, it, it, the timing can't be helped, but the brass ball stew out on transfer deadline day with the narrative around esports, with the narrative around Wolves, I tell you what, that, that is a throwing grenade level, level tweet. Um, it's clearly yeah. deliberate as well. 
It's clearly yeah. deliberate. They couldn't wait 12 hours. It's just no, it, it was no. so obvious. But the, in genuine terms, if we've lost a player or they've departed for bigger and better things, that is a blow to the brand and the club, isn't it? I'm assuming. Like, we've not like let him go willingly, I assume. Yeah. You know, any, any eSports fans out there, get in touch and let us know how big let, a story this is. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I'd, be, I'd be keen to know, we're mocking it, but the, this could be as biggest uh, bigger outgoing as we've ever seen but what i want to talk about first is leander dendonka um who has moved to our rivals aston villa in what i think is a bit of a perplexing transfer to be honest because it feels like we're helping a rival as much as anything else um gully I, I i'll start with you first i mean player wise i know we've We've kind of always been on sort of a relatively similar page in terms of what we think about Dendonka, but he is just a, I say, average player, and I don't mean that badly. He's just a good player and potentially underused in this squad. But do you think the time was right for him to, to move on? It's probably along the lines of what a few of the deals that we've made this summer, whereby players have kind of just come to a natural end to their time at the club, um, especially the likes of Cody, uh, Willy Bolly, um, Sace as well. You know, that, that back three, you know, in its entirety has disappeared. And the next man in line who wasn't really an asset that necessarily, you know, was, was an absolute imperative to retain was probably Dendonka. Um, I, I kind of tweeted out earlier that I think Dendonka is the kind of player who would keep you in a game but he's not going to win it for you. And I think that's kind of the job he's done, you know, throughout his time at Wolves. He, he was a bit of a slow burner to begin with. He didn't get into the team for a good few months. And you saw when he did that, he added a dimension. We had the extra man in midfield at that point. You know, the Jota Jimenez partnership, where he flourished off the back of it. Um, but he was there to kind of facilitate things rather than really take control of anything. And I think ultimately... Like you say, he served his purpose as a Wolves player and um, he's helped us become an established Premier League side. And you can't knock him for that. It was it was a good transfer overall. And, um, you know, I wish him well, aside from the fact he's gone to play for Villa. I was going to say, because how much did he officially sign for Wolves in the end? Because it feels like the fee is almost... Yeah, it's about 12, I think. He... Yeah, yeah, it's 12. So he's basically... 12, left for 12. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... Tom, do you ever think that he ever actually played in his best position in a wolf shirt, or what um, we deem to be his best position? Because I think that's always been a bit of a sticking point. As you know, he looks like he's a midfielder playing as a defender. He looks like a defender playing as a midfielder. You know. Yeah, he had a, he had a spell. I mean, obviously there was the was it the second season we had when he was playing at. Um... At centre half uh, for a prolonged period of time, and then last season he had that bizarre wide right sort of advanced attacking midfielder hybrid bizarre role that um, that he tried to pigeonhole him into. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say he's, he was here long enough to I'd say have enough games in his in, in centre mid. Um, Granted, he's he's more of a six, isn't he? But he was he's probably often played as an eight. But you're not going to oust Neves from a six role, so you know you've got to take what you've got. I think um, I don't think he could say he's not had enough chances. Um, and like you say, he's not played badly. He's just could you tell me? Could you name 
three or four games where he's had like an eight or nine out of ten because I probably couldn't. But at the same time, I couldn't tell you many games where he's had like a four or five either. He's just that sort of between six and seven out of ten type player, really. Yeah. No, I get that. And I think, oh, I think I'll try to think of notable games he's played. I think um, that first season at Goodison Park, where he scored that, uh, you know, volley with the left foot stands out for me in terms of being a borderline complete midfield performance. And he's always someone who suffered from not exactly being a glamorous player, which when you're alongside Neves and Martinho, it's always going to be a struggle for him to stand out unless, because he's not, despite his size, he was never like the most physically imposing players either. Fair to say. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not overly happy it's happened, I'll be honest. I, I'd, I'd rather have kept him, I'll, I'll be truthful. But uh, especially because, you know, the last three games, Bruno's played three in the middle, hasn't he? So, yes. if you're playing two in the middle, it's less of a loss, you know. So, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a tricky one. Also, you've got the fact that, you know, we'll come up, probably come on to, to Traore later, um, as in centre mid Traore. Um You've got someone who's tried and tested in Dendonka where he's taken a bit of a punt on someone who's who's been lower league of France. So it's it's one of those yeah. risk risk reward type type gonna, swaps. Yeah, let, let's talk about the transfer then, because at, at time of recording, we only have. I mean, this is hopefully going to change in the next like hours. We say, but we've only really got three senior central midfielders again in Neves, Nunes, and Martinho. With Connor Ronan and Hodges back up, you could argue. And that's a bit worrying, especially you say for the first three games of the season, it's been a relatively flat three man midfield. It's been very much a three, hasn't it? And I don't know, I personally I'd have kept him and even if we I'd have kept him even if we'd brought Traore personally. But Maybe from the player's perspective, do you guys think that that would, you know, do you think that's something that then Donk would buy into, or do you think he'd very quickly find himself being fifth choice? Which, in a World Cup year, being a season pro, he might not, he might not want personally. Yeah, I think you just knocked it straight in the head. I just think he's he he's going to be one of these guys who's like as I said last night, he's want to want to get want to get game time just so he knows he can cement that so the side he, himself in the side for Belgium. Because um, he, he's not um, irreplaceable for that team, you know there are other people who can come in and play in his position for the Belgian national team. So he's going to want to be playing in a team week in week out. And at Aston Villa, he's got that chance. You know, I spoke to a few Villa fans today. They're desperate to get a player like him in there because they're struggling for. I know they've just signed um, the Benerek from Southampton, so they're a bit more stocked at centre back, but. They need players who can play in there, so they can who can have a centre back option and a centre mid option, because they're des- they're desperate for for players. And um, McGinn's really had a bad start to the season as well, so th- they want they want options, they want ability to change things around, and and that's something that they've lacked up there. So it's a good move for him, but I, as, as you said, Tom, I think it's, it's a bad move for us because we've weakened ourselves and strengthened the rival. I, it's an interesting one because I think. I live in the middle of kind of Villa country. I work with a lot of Villa fans and stuff. And I, I chatting to some today. I don't think they really know what they're, they're getting in for in terms of Dendonka. And it's quite telling that having been a seasoned kind of Premier League player for four years, 
you're not really sure what he mm. is and what he does. Um, which partly I think is to do with the fact that we as a team and as a club have always kind of been system over kind of individual players anyway. Um, and, and the system is really kind of dictated, uh, you know, whose character, characteristics kind of shone. Um, and the midfield is always going to be built around Ruben Neves and his passing range and, and maybe Matinho kind of pulling the strings a little bit and stuff. Um, so then Dogger was always kind of the odd one out. I would be very surprised if he turns out round and starts playing as a cover centre-half. And, I mean, they like to play a bit of a diamond in there, don't they, it seems. And really, he's got just as much competition in there as he probably would have had at Wolves. If you look at the fact that they've got Jacob Ramsey, who I think is a bit of a Stephen Gerrard favourite. Douglas Luiz doesn't look like he's going anywhere at the moment. Uh, John McGinn is now the captain as well, lest we forget. Um, So he's not going in, walking into a situation where he's going to be an automatic starter unless they've kind of promised him that he might be. Um, the other question is, because I think Bubakar Kamara can actually play centre-half as well and whether he sits in, in the front of the back four um, in his place. But it, you know what? If they're problems to kind of solve now, I think we we should be looking at this as, especially with the likelihood of a replacement actually coming in as a bit of an opportunity because you've got to create a pathway for people if you're going to bring people to the club at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And that's what we've done, I think, by moving Dendonker on. Yeah, and I think you, you could argue that he isn't the most dynamic of footballers. And I think that's always been something that's slightly held him back. And that's very clearly what Bruno Large wants in the midfield when you look at Nunes and when you look at um, the imminent arrival of um, Traore as well. But I was under the impression that, i say, in the last 24 hours anyway, that Donk was going to go to Villa essentially as a replacement for um, for Douglas Louise. And like I was a bit frustrated because like, we had the chance to actually do one over on arrival there. Because, uh, you know, you, you've got this triangle, you've got this sequence. Could have just waited until they saw Douglas Louise and go, now we're not going to sell to you. I'd have almost rather we'd have sold them to Villa. No, so sold, sold to Newcastle, sold them to Everton. And, you know, leave them with the shortcoming. Because now that, you know, there's an imbalance that we we potentially had to, we could have had all the cards, but now we've lost one and Villa have gained one and kept hold of one as well, and that's a that's frustrating for me. And me being a pessimistic Wolves fan, I'm like, what if this trial ideal doesn't come off? And I know it's looking like he's you know we're going to get the announcement any minute now, but my head just goes, we you know, is Martino who's going to have 35 games this season again on those legs? I think you've seen from some of the dealings we've done recently, though, we're not a club that's going to look to burn bridges with other clubs. Um, yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, we do, we do most of our dealings in good faith because you never know when you're going to need a player off someone who might be available for you at a decent, you know, price, opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and whilst from our perspective as fans, it might sound quite enticing that we can rub it in, you know, um, on Friday morning to all of our Villa mates that, you know what, we had your pants down on that one, didn't we? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think a lot of fans have been quite con- intent on uh, Leeds maybe picking up Wang on that basis, probably. Um, I've never seen a bigger campaign for a player to move to another club from uh, his current set of fans um, over, a, over a transfer window than, than that one. But yeah, the, the club, I don't know whether it's a careful what you wish for kind of thing in terms of, you know, maybe we've got to 
just um, rein it in a little bit on the uh, the banter side of things. We don't want to become a banter club ever. Let's be fair. No, mm. no, we could, no, you never go full Arsenal. Um, most definitely. I mean, in terms of talking about sides who have, I guess, dealing with good faith. Nottingham Forest, we've had dealings with over the summer, and we'll, we'll hopefully talk about Gibbs White and, um, and outgoings later on. Um, apparently, um, Villa won't, you know, what have they gained? 50,000 sideways passes. Um, maybe, yeah. Um, there's a few backward ones in there as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you, you look his progress, the Donga's progressive passes we looked at them at the end of the season and it is genuinely upsetting to, to look at it is it is a lot of recycling um and but yeah it fits in well then with the current system then don't it if it's all recycling it's perfect yeah. for us at the moment yeah. <laughs> gets it's, the wings good. come back a little bit go forward yeah. again back a little bit i don't know but, how he didn't get a game yesterday to be honest i know this you. is it's <laughs> ideal for him wasn't it what, what what's the phrase you use gully it's it's, it's a you it's just like it goes up, we up, ca- round yeah. and back. Carve, carving yeah. the U shape into the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to, to pick up. I've got I've got Sky Sports' uh, feed up on my um, on my other screen, and Coventry City have done the novel thing of announcing that they've finished all their business, um, so that all their fans can go to bed. Basically, I guess, <laughs> nice. which is uh, which is fair enough. I I do. Okay. Do you remember Leeds a couple of years ago? Um, when they, they did an announcement at like nine o'clock, being like, Stay tuned, Leeds fans, we might have some news coming. And it's like, We've sold two of our players, <laughs> it was like two first team players. It was so, it was so annoying. Um, Ken, sorry, I just need to come back at Stu just because his performance on last night's pod was slightly concerning. Because if you if you listen to what he said, he'd have had you selling every single player within our squad, and we'd have been left with literally the four of us probably turning up to play on Saturday. So, Stu, have a little word with yourself, mate. And, uh, you know, think about what you said. (laughs) Anyway, right. um, Willie Bolly transfer. Um, Again, that much more so than Dendonk, because I think that was just an interesting transfer overall. That's felt like its relationship has come to an end. And it's, a little bit sad to be honest because Gully I know you you put on Twitter on and your Molyneux Musings uh, tag about best defender since Jolien Lescott at his peak and the decline's a bit sad for me because he was bloody brilliant for us but we kind of didn't get we haven't been seen it in what a year and a half probably but again it's, it's that natural conclusion yeah. to a player uh, who has served as well, you know, unbelievable in that championship season and the first season back, I'd say, as well um, in the in the Premier League in that 2018-19 campaign. I mean, he, he was probably the ideal player to kind of slot into that back three system that uh, Nuno brought in because I'd, we had Ryan Bennett in there, we had Cody, but we needed probably a centre-half who was going to genuinely be uh, of, of a class that was way too good for the level um, to, yeah. to really cement that place in there if we'd have had i don't know um maybe courtney, courtney house where were miranda or courtney house was probably one of the other players that could have slotted into that space would we have been as formidable maybe i don't know um but you just knew that he was way too way too good for the championship and 
there was that calmness on the ball that I think we struck everybody. He was so relaxed mm. and Cody spoke of the fact that, you know, he has to keep be on his case a little bit during games and things and he was a bit too laid back at times. But at the same time, when he when he when the level went up, so did he. And uh, you know, that, that seventh place finish, you know, a lot of it was down to him in, in that defence really turning up the the performance levels. Yeah, um <sighs> Tom, I'm guessing sort of similar thoughts from yourself. To be honest, it's I guess to say just a shame that he's really not had much of a feature in the last, you know, particularly last season. He, he really struggled to find any any form of fitness. To be honest, yeah, definitely. I, I I just remember back to that Norwich game last season and Pookie just running ragged. And that, at that point, you're thinking, yeah, okay, I think I think your time's up there. Um, but yeah, echo what Gully said. I, you know. What a signing! What a player! Like absolute colossus. Um, he's just a beast. Uh, everything dominant in the air, great on the ball. Uh, never let anyone round him, past him, things like that. You know, it was hard to remember him at too many errors, early doors. Um, you know, he was just he was just the perfect player at the perfect time for us. And yeah, just just like um, you know, head, head injuries done for Raul. I think COVID did for Bolly, and he just wasn't the same since since that alleged long COVID. Again, that Burnley game, his first mm. game back, I think, after it. I mean, that's probably one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from a centre half. It was it was so bad. Lucky, what you lucky? It's like he wasn't even there, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to miss much by not having him. Although, I think I would want a replacement in. I, I wouldn't want to go into the. The season with um, Toti Mascara is three and four, so it's a shame the Dawson deal didn't come off because I think it'd have been a good addition. Yeah, um, I say that that pulls on nicely to I guess another transfer rumor. But I think uh, Jafo we spoke about yesterday about um, mm-hmm. Jason Denier um, in the nominative determinism club. Um, do you feel that that moves very much more likely now that? Um, they say the Dawson one's not not going to come off. Yeah, it, it felt like um, going into today that the Dawson one being the main one made a lot of sense. You know, he's got he got a lot more um, Premier League experience and 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 probably would have been even though denies on a free probably still would have been cheaper because his wages probably would have been a little bit lower and 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 the situation with that because uh, he's a little bit older. Um, but it's somebody that can that can that can target now. Um, I mean, there was reporting the other day that it was it was serious conversation, so it was quite a way down the line. So, and, and we can sign to, uh, free agents up to a certain point after the window anyway. So, we're not rushed to get it done today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's somebody that should definitely be looking at. Um, and if there is concrete interest, he, he's going to offer a lot to the squad because he's got a lot of experience. He's played Champions League games. You know, he's 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 played in good teams in France. It seems like a no-brainer, really. Um, on a on a free as well, he'll only have experience, and that'd be fantastic to to substitute in with our guys. You know, who's still quite young, Kilman and Collins. So adding that in, you know, he's only going to bring them up and help them improve. Yeah, good. Am I right in thinking he can also provide a bit of cover at fullback as well? Have I made that up? No, I think he can. Uh, I think he's played in a bit of a, a holding role as well. I think he's, he'd be okay at fullback, but probably limited as most centre halves that, that kind of fill in that position can, tend to be. But um, yeah, I, I think the 
the loser in that situation in terms of Bolly moving on is definitely Mascara. Um, mm-hmm. because I think he really could do with just a full season of football. I think the last time he probably did that was back in Colombia. I don't even know how many games he actually played uh, when he was back in Colombia. Um, so it's disappointing for him because I don't see him necessarily getting too much game time. Totti is, is very much the third choice here. And I'll be pretty comfortable with with Totti coming into the team as, as and when required, but Mascara is a bit of an unknown quantity to us all, I think, at this yeah, point. Yeah, to, to, to update you on... Um... His uh, Mosquera stats, he's essentially only played like 16 career games. 17, if you he played in the League Cup for us once last season. Um, he played 16 times in essentially a year a year of football um, for 2020 and 2021. Um, so 26 in total, including some um, tournament games um, over in Colombia. So... It's not an awful lot of experience and I appreciate it. it's difficult to break into a team and to, you know, have that balance between experience and form and things like that. But you say, it's on who needs a loan. And I yeah. think the, um, oh, sorry. Got, I, I, just, a... I, I had a gem from the, from the deadline day stream. It's not a transfer. Well, it is a transfer. We probably already know by now, everybody that uh, Martin Dubravka has gone to Man United on a season long loan. Yeah. But, his agent has tweeted uh, saying congratulations on the move and all that. His agent being the one and only Cherno Samba of Championship oh, Manager fame. No. Who, who knew that? Who knew that he'd, he'd oh. made a career out of the game? I'm so glad for him because oh. I'm sure many of us are very appreciative of his efforts uh, for their <laughs> yes, team. On I the was going to say, he, he's, del- he's delighted many an evening alone. <laughs> but, oh, that's, it's always nice yes. when you hear a name like that. It just pops up out Absolutely. of nowhere. Oh, no, I appreciate that. Um, in, so in terms of incoming signings, fingers crossed. I mean, we don't need to sign Denier tonight. Um, I believe anyway we can still sign him after the window closes because it's a free transfer. Personally, I'd like to get it done just in case someone else because yeah. there seems to be a market for another centre-half from about basically I think all the clubs who are competing for you know, arguably top six outside of the top six. So us, West Ham, Leicester, Villa, um, all seem to be on the lookout for another centre-half. And if Craig Dawson ain't going, I know Vestergaard's... Has Vestergaard moved now? I know it was in talks of him moving um, at one point. You know, there's a clear mark. He wasn't in the squad today. He wasn't in the squad tonight. So, And they've just just blown the finals today and they've lost... 1-0 1-0 mm. the M6 to Wolverhampton I assume at this point <laughs> yeah. there's, there's loads of, there's loads of teams out, if, if, if either signed a centre-half or after a centre-half um, I think Southampton were um, looking at getting that Chaletta Sari we were linked to last summer yeah um, obviously West Ham were looking for cover Leicester needed someone to cover for Fana who went Villa were after someone I mean, you, would you put it past Forrest to try and sign Denier after the window closed? Let's face it, they sign everyone else. I think you just, I think you, you leave yourself, you leave yourself open to the teams all panic that they don't think they've got enough business done. And we're yeah. obviously going to be in that boat now. So, like you said, I completely agree, Rich. The sooner you get it done, the better, really. Well, they're yeah, on twenty-three now, aren't they, Forrest? Bloody hell! Sergio, yeah, Aurier is about to be confirmed. Is- it's crazy. Oh, it's mad. Oh. How many did Blackpool sign in that one season? Was it Blackpool? 
and they couldn't I... register them or something. They signed the, too many uh... that they couldn't even register them all. <sighs> I think it was Blackpool. That... I might be wrong. It's like, how's that possible? I say, how's it possible? Is such a must be such a Herculean task for them. To, how do you integrate twenty three players into a squad? Honestly, I've been trying to work it out, and I couldn't be asked to do the maths. They've signed twenty three in one window. How many windows is that for Wolves to sign a senior first team player? And it it's, must be about four or five. Yeah, it's, you can't even class it as doing a Fulham anymore because they've probably doubled what Fulham signed in that one yeah. season. Yeah, it'll always it's well, just, as long as I get as long as I get relegated, it will now be doing a Forest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, they've, re- they've renamed it at least. Yeah. So big deal through the door, which is Arthur has joined Liverpool from Juventus on loan. That's confirmed now. Also, Neves is staying then. Happy days. Well, yeah, yeah. Somehow, um, Arsenal fans will link that to Neto joining them. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's a really convoluted way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't get that Neto rumor. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't understand why Arsenal necessarily. It seems just come about because Neto's quite good at football. Because they, well, they already have not, players. Not based players on the way he's played this season. Jesus. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he is, he is impressively managed to play his way out of a transfer. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you might have done, actually. Yeah, that's fair. He's, at the moment, he's, play, he's playing his way out of a freaking World Cup spot at this yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's trying hard enough to play his way out of a wolf shirt at the moment. It's just lucky that we don't have the players. Mm, um, let's, I was going to say, so we've talked defenders. Um Essentially, who's going to replace Bolly? Let's talk about the potential replacement for Leander and Donka. It feels like it is going to happen any minute. Um, to be honest, as I sort of said, um, but after sort of it feels like weeks, doesn't it? Um, but we've finally agreed, as far as I'm aware, a deal with Mets to sign Babaku Traore on a season-long loan with the option of around a 11 million transfer at the end of it um again he seems to tick all the boxes for a dynamic midfielder that we don't necessarily have right now um good do you have much of a lowdown do you have much of a spark on him at the moment um he's sort of happy with it at the moment just uh one in from itk Stu. um he was our roving reporter tonight um but yeah a a man very familiar with a purple dildo <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not get into that into that side of Stu's life. Um, yeah, I, I I can't say I know too much about it personally. Um, general, you know, reaction is to run to FB ref these days uh, for this kind of stuff, and I think you can see from the, the metrics that he's a very intense footballer. He offers a lot in terms of pressure on the ball, and I think the, the best way to look at it is. You want him to retain some of the characteristics of Dendonka's game, and you hope he does in terms of that running power, a um, bit of a physical presence, um, getting about the pitch, but then probably build on that in terms of his ability on the ball uh, to make things happen and, and, and carry it, perhaps. Um, so I guess it remains to be seen. I, I, I'm happy with the fact that it's only an option to buy, it seems, as well. Um, so if he is a bit of a dud, then uh, we've got we've got that get-out clause. Um it might be the case, I don't know, that if he plays a certain amount of games, we have to fulfil uh, fulfil that as well, though. So, let's see. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see us sign another player who isn't from the Mendes stable again, who we appear to have done 
quite a lot of diligent work on uh, from a recruitment and scouting perspective um, because that's not always appeared to be the case on the face of it anyway. Um, I know people like to reference the 5,000 player database that uh, I think uh, Scott Sellers might have come out with once upon a time. Um, it's down to 4,999 now, so um, we better we better fill it back up with somebody else. One less to worry about. I mean, I'll see if I can uh, quickly share... I do I do have his um his FB ref stats actually. And I mean a lot of it I think makes the interesting reading and it very much sums up what you've you've said to be honest. Uh yeah. very high in dribbles completed, which is great. Very high in pressures, tackles and blocks. Which again seems to be the sort of thing that we're after. Someone who can play with a bit of intensity and snap at the heels. Passing completion, passing attempts, both quite low and so's. The stuff in the final thirds regarding goals and assists as well. So, does do you feel he is very much that replacement for Dendonka, but gives us that slightly different edge that I think we've all missed from him, um, Tom? Um, yeah, I can't say I know a lot about him to be honest I mean someone in like me with those metrics I mean Jaffa you might be the one for this but mm-hmm. surely his pressures and tackles are higher because he's in a team that are lower down the league and his progressive passes assists goals and things are obviously low because again he's at a, a team down the bottom or has it worked out as a sort of percentage based or against <laughs> similar players well, to a degree, yeah. I mean, it's, it's down to the fact that it, they are under a lot more pressure as a team and they are playing on the back foot. Um, the one thing that, that we haven't had this season is somebody within that within that um, metric. He's, he's performing quite well he's in, in terms of pressures. Um, worriedly enough, the guy who, who has been top of the pressures table for the last couple of weeks outside the top six is uh, Joao Polinha. Um, and that's something that we, we haven't done is we haven't played so much on the front foot through midfield um, I think as you alluded to the other day Gully and, and we joked about earlier is that we are playing in this sort of U-shape uh, and that's where our pressures and, and play are coming from and there's not much coming through the middle of the park which is which is worrying because we have three very very good talented midfielders especially somebody in Ruben Nevers who can put a lot of good pressure on against a lot of interceptions and tackles that he's done in the last few years. Um, so to bring somebody in who can do that and, and put and and be another option and help us control a game in, in it, where we've struggled in the last couple of years is good because um, we've we've allowed ourselves to come under pressure in a lot of games and I think essentially you go back to certainly Newcastle last season uh, when. Joe Linton and Gamaris run the show and we got absolutely dominated in, in midfield because there was no ability to put pressure on them. Mm. It's somewhere where we where we can improve and bringing in somebody who's got such good stats in there, hopefully that will translate to the Premier League. I think sometimes yeah. you, you, you have to accept though that there are players that are better without the ball and there are better play, players that are better with the ball. Um, forgive me for harking back a few years now, but I always remember... Like, Dave Edwards' best spell, I thought, as a Wolves player, was in a midfield with um, Kevin McDonald and Jack Price. He kind of sat behind the striker in that Kenny Jacket mm. team. And essentially, there was no onus on Dave Edwards to get involved in build-up play and things because you had two really tidy midfielders sat behind him who could progress the ball into our dangerous strikers. And essentially, Dave Edwards' job was to run about and get on the end of things 
he tends to get dragged at about 70 minutes, I think, in those times because he probably absolutely run himself into the ground. But then when you saw him play a little bit deeper, probably you're talking more like Paul Lambert days and, um, you know, that season where he was there's more responsibility on him to actually make the play. You know, he really showed up his limitations as a player. So you'd hope that with Troy Ray, while clearly his off-the-ball work appears to be very good, that if we do get into situations where there are games against like the likes of Bournemouth, he's not going to be a negative for our possession game, like Dendonka probably would be in that sort of situation. I see a point. Like Pogba made that's a point, didn't he? He said... And like people are saying, the way he plays great for France. He's got Kante behind him. Kante yeah. does all the running, all the dirty work, and it lets Pogba do what the hell he wants, basically, because you've got someone behind there who you know is just going to cover you. So I think, yeah, it, it is good. To, I think every player needs a team like that. And we haven't had that for a while, really, have we? Um, you know, sort of having harks back to it, like the Alfred and Dye sort of role. Um I think a, a team needs a player like that every now and then. And like I say, if he's running around putting pressures on and stuff and we're, you know, we're behind in a game or we're chasing a game or we want to hold on to a game, it's probably a good player to bring off the bench as well. Well, that's one of the things we've been poor at this season is we've allowed, we've allowed teams to play through our middle too easily. And there's a few times mm-hmm. where you've seen that, that especially, at, I remember it, talking about Newcastle again, but especially against Newcastle, they, we allowed them to progress the passes. There was three or four passes through our midfield and into the wide areas for them to create opportunities and create chances. And that's where we, we've got to improve. And it, 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 and if it's something that they've really focused on and noticed and, and as a club they've said, okay, we need to cut this out, then that's great because then they're using the, what's obviously there and needs to be improved. Um, but it's, it's it's something that we've got to do. We've got to make ourselves hard to play against. I mean, the one thing that we're, we're poor with is we don't have a very good home record. You know, we need to have th- this sort of fortress Molyneux and getting in players like this should hopefully help us to create that and to create a, um, a, a um, you know, a defensive solution to allow are very, very good attacking players to go out there and create chances and score goals. I think there's there's two ways to look at it, though, which is we've always been a pretty good team at picking the ball up on the back foot. Someone like Traore, you'd like to think because maybe he's got um, that mobility and that kind of you know natural athleticism to press, he'll allow you to win the ball on the front foot, and that's something we're really not good at. I think we've tried. I've seen Neves kind of pressing centre-halves, you know, already at points in this season. And while it's it's game and it's a, a good effort to actually have that intention, he's not physically built to have that kind of sharpness in acceleration to go and snap into tackles when, you know, he, he arrives at that situation. So, you know, probably prime example is someone like Kante, his ability to, to shift his feet so quickly and get in, snap into a tackle allows him to actually make those situations work you know there's one thing reading it but sometimes you just haven't got the physical capacity to actually do that kind of stuff so you'd hope you know when the ball drops into i don't know the deepest midfielder in the opposition and try always onto him as quickly as he possibly can you know it's going to stop them playing we win it in a higher place up the pitch and then you you create a situation where as we know we're not good against deep set defenses but you've got much less to, to kind of contend with in with our attacking players and 
players like Neto and that can actually take advantage from those situations. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's where where we we've struggled is trying to win the ball up up the pitch, 15, 20 yards further the pitch to try and create these quick transitions and try and quick quick counter attacks because we've got talented players who can do that, who can who can benefit from that. Like you say, Neto would get the best out of it. Um, Pedence um, get us now, and these guys will benefit from a little bit more chaos being created, especially in the final third, and it and that's sort of what we've we've struggled with is 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 having these sort of like quick uh, transitions and quick methods of play as because we've been overplaying a lot this season and and to, to to create things that are just off the cuff that's that's going to be where we score a lot more goals and that's where we're going to create the create the chances to to allow us to score more goals which is one thing that we've been poor at because like I say we've been overplaying and drawing out play so winning the ball, say like you say, 20, 20 yards further the pitch is going to be great for us. Definitely. Um, I think one of the things that always hits me is when we're playing that deep, is it knackers the players out? Because they quite literally have to run more of the pitch to progress the play. So mm. it, de- it definitely um, it definitely ticks all the boxes. And hey, it, you hope that we can kind of end up going to I say a two-man midfield in, in, for majority of games. I mean, you've got reasonable cover either side of, you know, Nevers and Nunes, let's say. Um, Stu does ask a very good question. Now it looks like we're going to have uh, two Traores. How will they be preferred to? Uh, he's, Stu suggested for Boob and Matip makes sense to him. Um, I mean, Adama essentially goes by his first name, doesn't he? It's, it, it, it's ubiquitous with him. You know, if you say Adama, you know, you know who he is. So, and and funnily enough, we know there's there's many Adama. There's not just one Adama trial yeah, already, no. but there is just one Adama. So, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I was saying, I'm right thinking whole city of side and Adama trial already. Yeah, recently. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, you find them, you'll find them. Stu would probably rather swap him for that one. No, yeah. <laughs> I think that's an intro. I mean. I guess in, so it kind of drags us on nicely to the window as a whole. Before kind of you know we look through who we've signed and um, who we've sold. Do you think the best bit of business that we've done is on who we've actually kept hold of in Ruben Neves? Do you think actually that is the highlight of the window, even beyond signing Mateus Nunes, for example? Yeah, I'll put them on the same level. I think. Well, I know we haven't seen much from Nunes yet. I'm, I'm sure it'll. It'll click. Um, I think they're both big statements. I think, or I can't decide if 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 there's just no one who really came in for Neves. To be honest, yeah. I, would it have been I a bigger statement? A... Yeah. Would it have been a bigger statement if he just signed a new contract? Neves? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. different. I think. Yeah, that's that's yeah. more of a statement than him actually staying. Um, part of me feels a bit. I shouldn't be. Part of me feels a bit guilty. That he's still playing for us. To be honest, especially watching that bag of shit last night. Um, like, I feel get like he shouldn't be. Playing for us, basically playing that sort of shite. He should be up the top. You know, look at what Jota's done. He could walk into any team in the league, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, and he's given us what this will be six years of service. Will it be? I mean, that's incredible, really. I mean, what a guy. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I mean, if you just said you could generate the cash that we've generated this this summer without selling Neves, I'd have said you were laughing. Um, and you could all Neves, Neto. Um, Kilman, Aitnori, you know, managed to keep all of those, but still generate what sixty-five 
70 mil. Um, you know, I'd, I'd potentially Cody going off the back of that at the end of the at the end of the season. You know, it's been a pretty good season for outgoings, to be fair. Sorry, guys, just a couple of Premier League deals gone through. Uh, Southampton signed another child, uh, as is the way. Um, they've got a football manager and board re- requests is clearly signed players under the age of five. Um, Juan Larios from Man City, uh, Spain under-19 fullback. And also, uh, everything is completely signed of James Garner from Man United. It's proper proper any... Lampard signing that. It's not it? what they need, is it? It's so Frank it's, Lampard. It's, it's yeah. just not what they need. Not what they're doing. That's a funny one. I mean, that there's a bit. Of, I was going to say, I feel a bit. Well, I'm, I'm very hypocritical, aren't I? You know, I can't be really slate or slate Everton's transfers and stuff like that when I look at our ship at the moment. But I think the Wolves have almost stuck to a plan this year, and. You know what? We've got rid of quite a few players, um, whether it's releasing them or moving them off the books. But you look what Wolves have done in terms of signing Nathan Collins, um, getting in uh, Guedes, getting in Nunes, and getting in um, Kaladic. That's a spine of a team. We've in, improved. And I think definitely on paper, all of them improve our first 11 and improve on positions as well, which isn't something we're really familiar with in the last well few years at Wolves in terms of the number of signings. I mean, I can't remember if Huang technically falls under this window or whether it was in the January transfer window. I can't quite remember how it financially how it sits in the end. But in terms of the players who've come in, you throw in a centre you throw in a centre midfielder, which should happen. You throw in potentially a defender, which should hopefully happen in denier. On the face of it, if you step away from, I guess, the feelings around the club's performance at the moment, that's a solid transfer window, right? Yeah, it feels, it feels like a good evolution, which is what we needed. Yeah. I think that, that was it was more of an evolution more than a revolution that we needed. And and, and these players have come in alongside a lot of the stalwarts who are still there. I mean, you've like you said, Moutinho is still here, Neves is still here, Jimenez is still here. So there is, it feels like more like a a past a cha- um like a changing of the guard like I know Moutinho eventually will leave him and is he's gonna you know he's looking like he's not the same player that he was so bringing in these players alongside who we've already got is good because it, it feels like a natural progression rather than shipping players out losing five or six players bringing seven players in and being in the same sort of boat as what what Forrest are doing um feels a little bit more natural and feels like you know we're, we're progressing with an ethos of the club and and and, and we've got like sort of a, re- a re- rolling production line of bringing through players now which is good um and and like you say it's like the spine of a team these players they, they can take the time to integrate and they can you know be brought into the team as, as slowly as possible you know there's no pressure on Nunez now to come in and, and be this fucking world beater isn't there's no pressure on him um like initially, unless, yeah. to a degree, unless, to a degree. unless you listen to, to little Dan uh, talking about yeah. it, the, the podcast where we where we kind of in, discussed it because there, there's a lot a lot of pressure based on that one. I think it's, it's, it's a lot of money, but like I say, it, 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 because we've got a certain amount of 
players still there. I know we're still a bit short in midfield, but we still got a certain amount of players there, so we can rotate him in and out of the squad. And 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 Sasha hopefully will give the 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 fireworks to Jimenez to get him going again. So we've got a decent squad depth now, which is the one thing that we, we were crying out for at the first game of the season. I mean, we are now a far cry from that bench at Leeds. And that's something that, that's been addressed and something that needed to be addressed. And, and the club should really be applauded for that. Um, definitely. Because, you know, we've, we've moved forward and we've, we've, we've progressed. Yeah, I think on the face okay. of it, if you look at it as... Uh, Compared to well, when was the last time we had a really good transfer window? You're probably talking the season we came up, uh, yeah. But the bar was so much lower in terms of the quality within the squad. Automatically bringing in the likes of Matinho, Patricio um, was gonna just lift the level to such an extent. Mm. So we were working from a higher place right now. So it's naturally going to be more difficult to bring in the players to improve on that. But I think we've done it. Um, my bigger issue at the moment, I think, from what I've seen so far with Nunes especially, is he's not being used in the role I would have expected him to uh, so far. He seems to be the one who's being asked to hit the box, get on the end of things and score goals, when I think his season goal tally high at the moment is like three or four um, from sporting. He's only had a couple of seasons, really, of, of top-level football. Um, and asking him to then do a job that doesn't appear to be a natural fit for him. It's a bit, bit of a strange one. Um, so I, I hope to see him probably starting a little bit deeper going forward. But yeah, um, really, when you think about the likes of Kalajic, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's got a pedigree to speak of. Um, Nathan Collins, for me, I think he's an absolute true in to be a top-class centre-half already mm. for the next three, four years. Um, and what all the Burnley fans were telling us, yeah, bigger bigger teams will come looking. Um, because he, he does appear to just have that knack of absolutely locking off strikers, very commanding and physically kind of dominates players as well, and good on the ball. Um I think I had a look at the FB rest stats from the Bournemouth game and I appreciate he had a lot of the ball and things and it wasn't necessarily as penetrative as you would like it to be, but he completed 733 yards of progressive passes in that game, which I don't think I've ever seen a figure that high. Um, so you know, 86 out of 87 completed passes, something like that. Really, really tidy player. And I think we've got a centre-half pairing for at least two to three years that uh, we can rely upon. Yeah, it's a major plus point at the start of the season. That is like those two. I mean, we look better than we did with three at the back, which is like hundred percent. Really, yeah, that like, was the fear. You, that was the fear as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the right personnel and you can play that system, no problem at all. The the the, the errors that we've made at the back have come from the from the fullbacks, centre halves. Okay, he's had a yeah that shaky moment against Newcastle and what have you. But again, I think we were warned to that. You know, he's still quite young. Um, but him and Kilman look quality, and then you got to put you know put Sar in behind that commanding you know goalkeeper. Um, they run forward as well. They they bomb forward. I think yeah. it was by the court. It was by the corner flag about the eighty eighty fifth or sixth minute last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Collins was. I was probably just getting pissed off that they're also shit ahead of him. But um, you know it's nice to see you know defenders coming out with the ball. Obviously you know Cody would never have done that. Um, Say so like to come forward and have a ping from about. 
60 yards, but that was about the extent of what he did when he was going forward with the ball. So, um, yeah, quality, really, really, really good. And if you think we've, think of the players that have gone out, so we've lost, what, Marcel, Bolly, Cody, uh, Sace, um, Gibbs White, Donk, you know, let's face it, they're not, you know, in the players you replace them with, they weren't, they weren't like, you know, quality, quality members of that, of that team. Um, so as a window, I think it'd be, it would be feeling so, so much better about things if obviously we just didn't have such a bad start to the season, but we'd be calling it a, like a, a nine out of 10 window for me. Um, but ultimately proofs in the pudding. So if the players don't perform, it's been not been a good window, has it? So you can only say at the end of the season. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's the, that's the awkward thing about me sort of saying. Well, I, I I I will never say to you guys, don't worry. How would you review this transfer window out of ten? Because, well, you know, if we, if we lose the next five games, then it, it, it's kind of indicative, isn't it? But on paper, and at the moment, so I I don't think we can be too displeased. The the manager's very clearly been backed. All the players, you can see with literally all the players who have come in, they've come in for a reason. And there's like a logical step to them improving this team. Or, And again, it's not even just about replacing them. Because for me, if we bring in Jason tonight, he is essentially a replacement for Marcel slash Sace. In terms of experience figure in the team, arguably going to be third choice. And he knows that role and you can drop him in when you need and that's fine. But all the rest, you say, at the you know, current levels, Collins is, you know, Collins is an upgrade on Bolly now, which is what we want. <laughs> Nunes, again, he, he's essentially an extra. You could argue he is the upgrade on Dentonka if you wanted to. They're basically playing in the same position at the moment, as you said, Dan. They're both having to play on that right-hand side and break into the box as, as, as well. Kaladnic, again, he's an additional player. You could argue maybe he's a replacement for Silva, who we'll definitely circle back onto in a couple of minutes' time. But oh, between last transfer window and this transfer window, we've essentially secured the spine of the team when you include Saar as well. Because Saar was the major one from last season's trans- summer transfer window. And you go, that's, that's just solid. And we know we've got decent enough players out wide when they fancy it like Samedo, like Aiden Nori, like Neto I know he joked he's having a bit of a pants start to the season but there's quality there I don't know just I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what's coming so far you can argue slightly different on some of the outgoings so there's a long list there's obviously a few who we released, we released Ruddy, Sace and Marcel we won't go over old ground too much on those because I think we all understood that they come to an end of their Wolves career, um, so to speak. Benagra's move was made per, um, to Sporting Lisbon. We've had a few of our developmental players um, go out on loan, the likes of Giles and Sanderson, both championship clubs in um, Middlesbrough and Birmingham City. Um, and I guess the first major transfer around Wolves outgoing was Fabio Silva Fabio Silva's low move to uh, Anderlecht in Belgium I was a bit frustrated with that at the time because I thought there was potential for him to play this season do you still I, I know I've 
good are you of similar similar Sorry. thoughts in you know let I've, don fabio play but gone i've got to stop stop you there ryan bennett has cancelled his contract at swansea he's now a free agent bring Ooh, nice him there's there's your backup center half right there boys and girls <laughs> scrap it scrap jason's right forget everything i've said for the last 55 minutes about getting him in bring bennett back that's not here now so it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah yeah in boys and girls <laughs> oh yeah um but as you've now we've had a bit of time. Fabio Silva's played a few games. Are you still disappointed he's not in this squad? Or do you think that that low move is overall what's best for him, especially now that we've got in um, Sasha Kladnic? Both, really. We'd have won last night if he'd have played. I put, I put significant money on that. He'd have bagged that one that Jimenez missed and probably another one or two. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is what he needs, to be fair. He needed a whole season. It's like Mascara needs a whole full season of football, and he's and you know he's he's um, fans like fans absolutely love him. He started really really well. Um, I'd like to have seen what they've done in these these opening five games because you know it, you know obviously Raul wasn't fit for the first two, and he's not been he was average at Newcastle, and obviously he's been he pretty terrible last night. So. Um, I think it is. I think he's done quite well in this team currently. But then again, I th- hopefully that's uh, the Kladnic uh, should hopefully be our, our number one going forward. And I think he hopefully he'll he'll hit the ground running. I was I was pining for Fabio last night. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Jesus, like Raúl, mate. I mean, I was very angry with him last night. I've simmered down a little bit since then, but just the uh, absolute. Insistence on losing the ball every time it came up to him was infuriating, and I think that's the most disappointing part of his game at the moment. I, I can deal with him not scoring, but you know when the ball's coming up to you and um, you know Chris Meppham and uh, Lloyd Kelly are getting a better you better of you every single time you look to turn away with it or hold on to it. It's just he's so disappointing, and you know everything breaks down from there because he's your main man. Mm. He's the he's the focal point in the team. Um, yeah, you could know, do all the good work um, you want in progressing the play um, from the other parts of the pitch, but if your striker isn't offering anything whatsoever, you, you really are carrying a passenger. Um, and you, to an extent, you might be able to do that in other parts of the pitch, but not there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it it really still frustrates me in hindsight that we didn't give Fabio more minutes last season because I think yeah. if he did get it, you'd almost be talking about him actually being our number nine. You know, starting number nine this season, so yeah. Hopefully, Sasha comes in and, and shows Raúl what level is required. I think because, um, you know, like you say, he's not he's not necessarily had the competition to kind of force him into, you know, booking his ideas up. And I mean, first things first about Kalajic, what a nice bloke! Like, I'm yeah. sure we all watched his um, his Bloody gentle giant the of a man, isn't he? Honestly, yeah. like the way I, I mean. Everybody knows each other in football, really, don't they? And you assume a bloke who scored the goals he has in the Bundesliga, at least our players would be aware of him. But he's still, insist- and he's six foot seven. I mean, for a start, but he's still insisting on walking up to everybody and saying, "Hi, I'm Sasha. Nice to meet you." As if he was like a nobody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've always just- found that very interesting when it comes to footballers, though. Um, we presented Richard Stearman with like a fan cast player of the season t-shirt an ungodly amount of years ago now 
and like be doing it by the side of a tunnel like before they even do the warm-ups and he comes out you know media guy pulls him over and he goes oh hi i'm stairs and we're like, i was like well yeah we fucking know yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's just a human. It's just human, isn't it? At the end of the day, and it's, it's just lovely. It's just it's just wholesome, isn't it? And was that was that him like passing the ID check that you were going to do? On yeah, like some, well, some imposter turned up to take yeah. the oh the fan cast to come in today. Let's send the body double. How how will we know it's really him? Yeah, but yeah, um, completely agree. I mean, you, you talk about Raul, Raul pre-injury. He didn't really have much competition, you know. If it's Bonatini's, is Bonatini still on our books? We've not shifted him, have we? He's got half an hour left. I tell you what, that's <laughs> that's the that's the deal of the day. We need to to see come through. That's what's going to keep us awake tonight. Okay, right. <laughs> Quick bets. Where is he going to end up? Is he go? Is he going back to Saudi Arabia? Will he find a cushy one in Portugal? New. Let's fucking let, let's go with Nuno. Yeah, fuck up with Nuno. Perfect yeah. job for the boys. We seem to have stopped doing <laughs> deals with the uh, Famalicao, haven't we? I thought that was kind of the dumping ground for a little while. Yeah. And the Al- Ality had sounds right up the street, doesn't it? Yeah. Elder Has Costa's he out there he? already. He's done that before, I think. Yeah, I think we signed him off. Yeah, yeah, we signed him from a side. Oh, right. hello. Yeah, yeah. Al Halal, that's oh, it. Yeah. Okay. So he's got yeah. connections, it will be perfect for him. But, you know, essentially, you were right when we were saying about that was the best transfer window of year. We signed Raul, the calibre, the, the difference was astonishing, particularly in Raul to Bonatini. But, but I guess they tried to give him competition in his second season with somebody else who's uh, moved permanently, which is Patrick Catrone, who's um, gone over to Lake Como. I mean... Could you put that down as well for is worse? He, is he playing for Lake Como? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> he's going he's, to he's join he's the sailing team, yeah? <laughs> can, can you imagine? Yeah, we, we don't actually want you to play football for us. Can you steer a boat, though? Yeah. Um, would you put it down as well for worst ball transfers of all time? It's got to be, hasn't it, really? So that, for, the, for the money. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing that beats Thomas Rankowski. He's the well, yeah. That's, that's it. Unless it, like, relatively speaking, Frankowski or Robert Taylor, because obviously the FVs have obviously gone have gone mad. But yeah, Jesus, what a flop! And we've got yeah. no money back from him. No, yeah. I mean, it, I, I believe there is a fee, but it's not been disclosed. Which screams it'll be less than nom- it'll be less than a million. It'll be next. It to screams nominal, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah, bad. Bad, bad, bad. I remember being reasonably excited when we signed him, though. Because yeah. Milan fans were gutted he was going. I always look at that as the, my main sort of almost like scouting sort of thing, really. If the opposition fans, the selling teams fans are gutted that they're going, then, you know, they've got to be half decent. But, um, yeah, I think that was a, a, lot... that was a farewell job as well, to be fair. I mean, Many mistakes, but I was one of them. Considering Milan's trajectory since he left... Um, and Catrone's career trajectory. I think they've probably made the right decision, didn't they? They've ever gone on to win a title for the first time in someone, quite a while. So, someone came out, I can't remember who it was, it might have even been Maldini. I think they were quoted saying, we were given a load of stick for selling 
Catroni to Wolves and instead we invested uh, a few million in this kid from Portugal, i.e. Uh, Rafa Leal. And he's like pretty much saying, look at him now. Mm. Um, I'm sure that was this week I read. Um, and yeah, absolutely right. I mean, Leal's... He was, I'd have loved to have sign him, but we were linked a couple of years ago. But yeah, so that, that ship's well sailed by now. Yeah, sorry, apparently Chelsea had offered 80 million for Leo, they were saying on Sky Sports this morning. So, <laughs> yeah. some of these players that we've been linked with and we've looked at, you know, um, I think Edson Alvarez as well, who Chelsea had been linked to today. I think yeah. we were looking at him before he went to Ajax. Yeah. So, we, we are skating in the right areas. It's just convincing people to come and join our project. It's, yeah. is, is the hardest part. There is, so, I think, a sadness about the Catrone story, though, because I think he, he was kind of pushed away from Milan as opposed to us going and really kind yeah. of convincing him to join. And for him to have been kind of a bit of a local hero there at one point, he had a really good season, the season before we actually he, signed him. Yeah. And to then go on the kind of downhill slope he has when he had a promising career... Um, yeah, you can understand why he might appear to be a bit moody around the club and things because it's a, what might have been kind of aspect to his time playing football. Now, I'm never going to begrudge a bloke kind of you know moving to Como uh, to play with Cesc Fabregas. Um, in uh, I think Thierry Henry is a shareholder there now as well. Um, yeah, I think that was announced in the week. So. I'm sure he'll enjoy himself, and he's he's a Como boy as well, from what I understand. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, home cooked meals by mom and all that kind of stuff—that'd be nice. Bit of pizza, bit pizza and pasta. pasta. Yeah, there we go. He come out. He likes neither. At least we've done to death that that chant as well as much as anything else. Um, I guess I say two that happened in pretty quick succession was. The Connor Cody loan move, which, again, it seemed that over the past six to 12 months, particularly, I mean, no longer than that, if we're going to be honest, um, under Nuno's time, it seemed like it was starting to fray with him at Wolves, um, particularly when he got subbed off against the Albion. And it felt very fractured at that point, and we kind of continued, and it, it felt like it was time for him to move on in my opinion, um, at, at that point. And, yeah, it, my big thing is, yeah, we started the season not particularly well, but none of it is because of not being in the back five with Connor Cody. We, we, if anything, I'd, it feels like we'd be somehow worse off, I think. Yeah, I, I, I feel a lot better about it now. Um, I was always one of the, you know, I thought, well, is he going to revert to a two or three at the back against the bigger boys, you know, and revert to type, but um, he didn't against Spurs, so I can't really see it happening. Um, City's a write-off as it is anyway. I'll see what he says against City, but that's going to be a write-off as it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with it. Um, again, he was just a victim of the system change, wasn't he, um, to be fair? So, um, yeah, and again, I think, like echoing what Goddy said earlier, it just felt like it was the end of his of his cycle of his time and again he served us really well as still, still a legend in my eyes um but yeah the time was time was was uh was there now for him to move on sorry guys I mean, i've got i've got a uh, interrupt with probably the best deadline day story that we've had 
Bambadieng. I don't know if anybody's been following his movements today. Uh, Marseille yeah. player who is in yeah. Leeds. Yeah. So um, Leeds have been looking at a, a forward, I think, today. They obviously apparently had a bid rejected by us for Huang. Um, they were looking at Cody Gakpo uh, from PSV. And um, I think there was a disappointment that the Gakpo thing didn't happen. But Andre, Andrea Red, Radrizzani actually tweeted someone saying, um, it's disappointing about Gakpo, but let's get behind Bamba Dieng, who he, who he name-checked in the tweet that he was going to be joining the club. Now, Dieng was actually sat on a private jet in France, ready to kind of make the move over to, to, to England to, to go and speak to Leeds. While he was on the jet, he got a call from Nice, who put in an offer and he decided that he'd rather go and join Nice. At the last minute, he's actually failed his medical to join Nice. <laughs> so he's ultimately going to end up not going anywhere whatsoever um, and, and stay at Marseille. So Leeds were gazumped only to then have him fail his medical and ultimately, I guess, have no forward signed at, at the end of this uh, transfer window. There is still time if you did want to pick up the phone for Huang guys um so uh you know i'm sure jeff's phone uh, is always on and ready to accept a call he's on flight mode uh, let's be honest Je- Je- jeff's <laughs> jeff's already knocked it in flight mode for the evening he's he's driving back surely for everyone mode, apart um, from leeds surely from everyone apart from leeds clinging on to that fact he could still sell huang surely oh just what a, what a day baba diengas had there jesus I tell yes. you, it's a nightmare of a day in it um before we, do, before we talk about um, Gibbs why let's talk about Huang because you know there's been some transfers that haven't happened and that feels like it is one. I just feel sorry for him at this point. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I mean maybe. It's not his fault. Uh, it's, it's not his fault. shit. Yeah, it's not his no, fault. It's true. We're yeah. basically driving him out of a club, and it's because he's a bit crap. But and I mean. If, if it's true, we genuinely rejected, rejected 17 million for him, which would have been no profit, as far as I'm aware, right? Like yeah. we've made we've made like a couple of million on the transfer fee. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just cut your losses, because there's players out there for around that money, which I think could just do a better job who'd fit in with the system, or give you something slightly different to what he's doing anyway. I, I mean, I said this uh, probably a few days ago when the, the the talk of Huang potentially leaving first came out, and there was a bit of a a mob of fans on Twitter that it seemingly insisted on it happening. I just thought, fair enough, okay, maybe you don't want him to be a Wolves player just because you don't rate him and whatnot. But I still think at that point, when you looked at our forward options as a collective, you know, Huang wasn't a detriment to that in the sense that you know he was taking something away by just being there you know he was we i think we see him as not being a starter but he actually adds something slightly different anyway i don't think pedro neto had a very good game at all against uh, bournemouth he wasn't really offering anything against a deep defense and i'm not saying this as a you know Huang should be starting ahead of neto kind of thing but if you threw Huang on as a potential with the way the game was going in terms of crosses into the box, lots of penalty area action. And we've seen him just, you know, capitalise on little chances in mm. the penalty area before. 
as a player who can potentially get on the end of something in the box for the last 10 minutes, would he have been a better option than probably Neto? Probably. You know, he's got a bit more of a knack to actually getting on the end of things than Neto has. So while I agree he's not been a good signing, he's not an effective footballer to play 70, 80 minutes of a football match, I don't think losing him would have given us anything. In terms of, because we weren't going to bring anyone in, I don't think. I, no. I don't think we ever saw no. anybody come in to replace him, and especially if you had the potential of someone like Adama just disappearing at the drop of a hat because he is really on the market. Um, so then you just got one less body. So while he's clearly having a bad time of it, and while I don't really want to see him playing a lot of minutes, there's no harm in him just being there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it is a shame. It is a shame. I agree. The flip side to that is, is his value going to be any higher than it is now? Say he plays no minutes or he's worse. You know, he's, he's really, really shit. You're not going to get anywhere close to 17 million. I, I am no um, waiting to be clipped up by someone saying Huang should have come on for Neto yesterday. But <laughs> I get, I get, I get the logic. Because <laughs> you say Wang isn't effect, isn't necessarily the most effective footballers, but he has a knack of getting in the right areas, which is more than you can say, frankly, about even Raúl at the moment. He'd have done a better job of that chance that Raúl had yesterday. I, I think he would yeah. have. I genuinely think he yeah. would have. Yeah. Hmm. yeah I, I don't think actually his finishing can be. I don't think I can't really think of any obvious chances he's missed. He's just right. got. The world's worst first touch, and he struggles to kick a football straight. But actually, when he's by the goal, um, <laughs> he's actually not too bad. But this is, the thing, and I guess it's not it's not the right way to look at a forward player. But some players' best work is done <clears> off the ball, and the the runs that he makes, kind of from the flank in towards the centre of the pitch, are more dangerous than some others. Um, you know, Neto is naturally going to hang wide. He doesn't seem to make those runs in between fullback and centre off to get on the end of things. So, if you do need to change it up, change the dynamic of the attack and have someone literally just say to him, just keep making runs in behind. I don't need to get involved with build, build up play, but you know what? A chance might come from you making those runs insistently. So, keep doing it, see what happens. And, like you say, I, I think his chance conversion is actually quite good. People, people have misread his abilities totally. People, the, the commentary around him is he can't hit a barn door. It's not, it's not a case. It's, it's absolutely not a fact. What you can say about him is he's not a good technical footballer. But you know, judge him correctly rather than just judging him by talking shit. I think is the bottom line. Yeah, I think he should have. He was. He should have been in the first game of the season against Leeds. He should have been the reason we won that game because he played exceptionally well. You know, he's he a big part of that goal. His hold-up play was brilliant. He brought in the white Pedence and Neto into the game brilliantly. And it's just our, what has been the story of our season so far. Our individual areas meant that we didn't win that game. But <laughs> you, you, you change it. it. We win that game 1-0. Juan gets the assist. And then, you know, he should come away with the plaudits. But he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. Like you say, the good things that he does do. Which is his, like you say, his off the ball work and 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 linking up play, creating space for other people to run into. That he's, um, you know, he gets he gets a lot of stick and abuse from from people who who want him to be this this guy who, who runs with the ball 20, 30 yards and smashes it in the top corner. Yeah, and, and he's, he's not that sort of player. So people have just got to be a bit more realistic and 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 think about actually what he does bring to the team and what he does, what positives that he brings. 
and having players like this who are willing to be runners and willing to to put work right in and effort is it's it, they're going to be crucial to the squad so selling him with with the idea of bringing no one else in would have been detrimental to 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 to, to Wolves moving forward at 17 million fair enough it's a good price but it's it's if we're not going to spend it on another forward then it's pointless because we're only weakening our own position mm. you know yeah i think it feels that the club never really had an intention to sell so fingers crossed we can find a place for him in this new system you've got to hope um some, something that occurred to me um as i spin it off on, on another tangent if you don't mind is Bolly's contract was due to expire at the end of this season was then donkers expected to expire this season but he had an option to an extension that yeah way. i see two years left pretty much so one thing i think the club do deserve credit for is cashing in on those players now because we we've kind of noted that we lost sace on a free we lost marcel on a free and ruddy on a free now i know the market value of john ruddy is low you could probably say the same for marcel but I do think it's good of the, clever of the club to make that decision early on instead of being with a situation that we're with a Dharma where we are going to lose someone who is an, who who has a good value assigned to him essentially for nothing in 12 months' time. And that nicely, now I've given my bit of thought, comes me back on the subject around Adama trial. We talked about Neves. None really came in for him properly those muted rumours of Liverpool reportedly admiring him whatever fuck that means but no, there seems to have been very little talk around Adama Traore this summer yeah I think that just tells you how his stock's fallen unfortunately yeah. I think it's probably more about that than anything else and I think you're right about the contract thing I think it's more to do with what happened to it with Adama really um, you know, you had what 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 you, you could have probably sold. You know, at the peak of his powers, you probably could have sold him for sort of forty, fifty million, and maybe losing the guy on a free. And you know, obviously, we know how tragically bad the deal was that we struck in January with Barca. Um, but again, you know, I, I know it wasn't massive money, but I think that on that summer, I think if I remember rightly, I think it was sort of pissful offer. But I think Spurs offered like fifteen million or something at the start of that. Um, that season um, and then in January I think you probably could have got similar you know 15, 20 something like that and now you're going to get now you're going to get nothing so and I think it's also it was also borne out in the in the Fabio loan move you know they made sure that they put more years on his contracts before they sent him away just so that you know it wasn't a year on his contract that he just wound down here um, so yeah I, I, I agree I think they've done pretty well as a as a selling club this 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 window Definitely. Um, in terms of a couple of additional outgoings, um, the, the last one, well, actually, no, it's two I want to talk about. The first one's Gibbs White, and I think we, we've all just gone the money involved. You can't not say yes to it. The fact that we've got 26 up front for a player who's had arguably one good season in the championship, and we'll probably make another 5 million by the end of this season. I, I, I like Gibbs White. I genuinely hope he does well. He needs to fight his way past about 50 of the Nottingham Forest players to get in the team. But, um, 
Yeah, Jafo, were you, were you sad to see him go as a as a, as a local lad, an academy prospect, or yo, you know what, fat money, fuck it. Um, well, I'm going to be quite blunt and say no, I'm not that bothered. I, I, I'm genuinely <laughs> not that fussed. I mean, he's in a Wolves shirt. Has he really done anything? No, no. <laughs> he, he played well in the Championship with Sheffield United, and he played well when he was at Swansea. You get offered that sort of money for a, for a player who, at the start of this season, in, in the chances that he's been given to perform and, and and to try and do something, he's done nothing. It's the same. It's the status quo again. He's been the same player in the games that he was given at the start of the season. Snap, <laughs> snap the hand off as soon as that amount of money's put on the table. You know, he, 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 to to pay something for some. You know, that's the sort of money that you're paying for a full international. Thirty, what is essentially going to be thirty odd million pounds. It's 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 incredible uh, that you that you throw that out on someone who's like we say had one good championship season and has never done anything in the Premier League. I think has got one Premier League goal, one Premier League assist, and you throw that sort of money out there. It is incredible. If it was on the other hand that it was Lingard they were paying that for, I'd understand. But not gives away, and I think that's going to bite him in the arse. Hopefully not, because I hope Morgan does really well. But I, I think he's going to bite him in the arse, and he's he's not going to perform to the level that they expect and what what Steve Cooper expects. Uh, you muted, Gully. Are we back? Flipping hell, I've been doing that for like three years on Zoom meetings. <laughs> um, I think at the point they had a bid rejected, uh, it was Carl Anker, what is for the Athletics, said something like, as a promoter club, you cannot be bidding £35 million for Morgan Gibbs White. As a club receiving a £35 million bid for Morgan Gibbs White, you can't not be accepting it. Like It, was, it just summed it up because... You know, it was so outlandish that they were making the bid and we were still pushing them for like, you know, more money, squeeze them out, squeeze them out. And I mean, there must have had some intel from the, you know, sources that, you know, Steve Keith was absolutely hell bent and um, Mr. Maranakis was, was, was willing to back him on that. Um, and to be fair, I mean, I watched a fair portion of the Spurs Forest game and he looked good. Um, and I wonder if maybe they will squeeze a bit more out of him than we were looking like we were going to. Um, so for him, maybe the move might make sense in terms of his own individual development as a player. He could, they could get relegated and he could come out you know, with a lot of credit um, and still be a Premier League player next season, um, which in real terms probably doesn't make it a bad move for him. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I think it's good business on our, on our part, for sure. You can't really argue with it. Cutting to some breaking news... Um... Aston Villa have made another signing and it's Jan Begnarak. So I don't know how that impacts um, Wolves transfer dealings for a centre half. Um, that that was the re- that's the reason why the Dawson deal didn't happen. Yeah. Because yeah. Bednarek was going to go to West Ham. Mm. And then Dawson was going to come to us. So as soon as Bednarek chose Villa, um, the deal was off. So I think yeah. it's been the pipeline for a bit, but yeah. You can tell their ambitions are to finish mid-table this season, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I know Bednarak's been touted for, say, a few of the names in and in around uh, Wolves' league position aspirations. 
I was quite glad to see him not linked to us. I, mm. I don't know. I don't know what the the hype is. In, well, I say hype. It's clearly not hype, but you know, in the sense that you know, a, a number of teams were looking at him, thinking, mm. you, know, you know, I fancy a bit of that. I, I, I didn't really get it. I get the screen. Yeah, do you think it screams agents involved? Possibly. Just a num- number mm. of teams that we know that there's a few teams on the lookout or whatever. Because I, you just see, I mean, it just seems a very average centre half. If he's not no longer good enough for Southampton, um, yeah, you know you've got to kind of think about yeah. it. I guess yeah. he's one of those players that you look at the t- the opposition team sheet and you're happy he's playing. Yeah, if you know what I mean, he's like a map target. He's just like, yeah, I'm quite happy you're playing and not someone else because I know that we can get yeah. you. Um, yeah. and he's you got a rook in him or a red card. So, I mean, yeah. I guess we should be unhappy that he isn't going to be playing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's got, true. Yeah. Alice is decent to be fair and Belichick yeah. apparently has really started the season well so uh, maybe so Southampton will be a bit more formidable Speaking of Southampton they've uh, made the loan signing of former Wolves target Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well on loan with the option for permanent and again he's on his career massively restored after essentially rejecting us or um, Arsenal upping the ante for like doubled the price, didn't they, at the last minute? Um, which was frustrating. I think he was at Roma last week. Yeah, he, he was, was yeah. he was, yeah. yeah. He was under uh, yeah. Weird career, very strange career. Yeah, again, I sort of hope, hope he kind of finds a path because he's someone who always had a bit of quality. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not, I'm definitely not stressing and refreshing Twitter quite a lot whilst this show's going on because it is two minutes to 11, which means the transfer window is, <laughs> and we've not, we've not announced Troy already, have we? Um, no, I don't know. And it almost feels like Wolves are about to <laughs> just pull a fast one late doors, but um, we've talked about midfielders, we've talked about that we're lacking in depth. But we have let another one go, haven't we, Gully? Go on. Bruno Jordao. Oh, shit. <laughs> the most forgettable we, man in the world. We hardly knew you, didn't we? Um, <laughs> Some say he's still trying to get up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was his greatest contribution uh, to the club, wasn't it? Just that image of him waiting to... Uh, I, I can't remember how long he was waiting for. It was basically the whole of injury time, wasn't it, or something? <laughs> Yeah, it's almost 10, 10 minutes. He's standing there on the touchline trying to get off. Ridiculous. <laughs> if that's your most memorable moment in a Wolves shirt, that's, that's saying something. I mean, he's the, he's the second second man in, in that Neto deal. And he felt, he felt a bit like he was added in to, for us to do a fiver to, it's to like, them. It's like your mum lets you go out. Like Pedro Neto's mum let him go out. But she said, oh, you've got to take your little brother with you. Um, yeah. Like Bruno Jordan was like the, the tag along that had to be had to come with it. And he's just kind of sat in the corner just entertaining himself. There you go. Never mind. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah, he has gone in loan, on, on loan. As sort of mentioned to uh, Santa Clara. That's a career that's just nosedived through injury and poor loans and again I, I think he's I've got a whole feeling he's his contract's not due up for another year I think he's still got two years left on his deal for some reason um, so, it's like Bonatini like, I can't believe he's still contract still running yeah he's got this he's still got like this year to run his name it's just crazy he gives out the deals usually yeah. no I mean the, the amount of times now we're signing players with con, you know on contracts with an option 
Whereas mm. Kladzic was like five years with an option. So in effect, it's like potentially like every, a six-year deal. Yeah, every player seems to be five years minimum. I think almost just to do that whole kind of value protection kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, mm. Officially, the transfer window is closed, guys. It is 11 o'clock. Mm. Has um, the transfer window door slammed? Yeah. <sighs> Slam shut. Um, there we go. No good Traore confirmation yet. But, uh, I was going to say, according to um, Liam Kino, uh, transfer deadline is done and Wolves have got a deal over line for Barbecue Traore. Official announcement still to come, but season-long loan with a 9.5 million option is done. No centre-half after Craig Dawson deal collapsed. Another window over. So that sort of rounds it up, to be honest. Bit of a damp squid for... It's I don't know really. I think overall the window's been solid. Actually, there's been a Steve Madeley bomb. There we go. Be a good Wolf, one. Wolves set to sign defender Alfie Pond from Exeter. Five hundred grand. Cancelled the loan at Yeovil to move to Molyneux. Very much one for the under twenty ones. We knew we were going to see how it was going to happen. We, there we go. You heard it here oh, first, guys. Well, you. I say you heard it here first, but Alfie Pond, new man down at Molyneux. How can you not be pleased? Is a defender? We've got our backup defender. There we exactly. Go. Why <laughs> were we stressing? We, we could That's have. The we most... could have yeah. That's my. That's the most non-foreign-sounding name I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> yeah, he would not pass for Portuguese. What is that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Alfredo Pondo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's he. Oh, well, I think only time's gonna tell. Let if we assume that Barbecue Shrove is signed. Um, I, I think I'm happy with the additions. Satisfied with the outgoings. We've just got to cross our fingers and hope we'll turn it around on um, on Saturday against Southampton. I guess, then, haven't we? Yeah, when does the manager transfer window open? Oh, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it'll be Saturday. Uh, depending on depending on the results, but um, yeah, Scott Parker's already gone. I guess it's almost going to open the floodgates in that sense, isn't it? It's got everyone yeah. to do it now. So, I mean, I do think the the signings that Wolves have made um, do kind of not negate the manager, but it doesn't feel that they all. Bruno Large signing, so to speak. They seem that they are systematic signings. So actually, if they do replace them, there's there are players that will come in where a new manager's not going to get upset that he has them, in my opinion. So I've, I hope um, our Sunday show is going to be a little bit more positive. Oh, however, from the Bournemouth show was doing uh, last night with Jafo, Dan and Stu, I want us to get back to winning way, winning ways. Um, quick predictions for the game. Um, how do we think we're going to do? Oh, I'm going to go really optimistic and go one 0 horse. That's <laughs> depressing when you're being really optimistic for a one 0 win against Southampton at home. But let's yeah, do it. <laughs> Jeff, how about you? But I'll, I'll, I'll be really optimistic as well. I'll, I'll get 2-1. Sasha get a goal on his debut. Oh. Gully, are you going to keep up the optimistic streak? It's, I mean, look, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to call out a, a scoring more than one goal. So it's just going to have to be a 1-0 win, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I'll back that. 
Yeah, I'm with the, I'm, I'm with the same. One nil. Geddes. Uh, I'll go for Geddes with a goal. Oh. You know what? I'm going to go for Big Max Kilman. Towering head. It's, not, it's, not, it's just not what we need, is it? You just like, <laughs> like, like no. how frustrating would it be if we won with our freaking centre half scoring? Like, <laughs> I don't complain. Jesus, like, yeah, I wanted we, us to win, but not like that. Yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> we're all going to be relieved, and people like me and you, Gully, are going to go, yeah, but it doesn't kind of address the underlying issues, and you're going to get called all these names on Twitter. And if that's not the joy of football, then I don't know what is. So, uh, but we'll see. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in for the last hour and a half um, for our transfer roundup. Um, make sure you check us out on social media at Wolves Fancast. And big shouts out to Pixel Getty Media and 90 Mint, of course. As I said, we'll be back on Sunday to review the Southampton game. But until then, it's goodbye from Gully. See you guys. It's goodbye from Jafo. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Tom. See you guys. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time.